2: That was the Korean call. <laughs> I love that of the missed field goal. Oh yeah, by Bass oh, for the Bills. Poor
3: Buffalo. Me- oh! oh, it was in unison. It was. It great. Was. I hope nobody lucked, uh Dove into Lake Erie after that. I mean, those poor fans in Buffalo. I was thinking about this today, Tony. See, that's gravy. a good
2: cold plunge right there. That
3: would be cold. That would bring you right back, Ooh. though. <laughs> and you did that. You'd be like, oh, "Wait, let me get out of." Here. <laughs> what NFL teams' fans is has it the most painful? Detroit. Like, no give longer. me the top three. I mean, Detroit's not there right now because they're hot. But I mean, they've certainly been through sixty years of misery. The 49er fans think they should be in the running cuz they've I been so close that. to No, I'm just saying they've been so close to the Super Bowl
2: well, there's, and there's, haven't made it. There's a different list here. That's a different right? deal. The there's, Cowboys there's, fans right. feel like they never make there's it. There's a list of pe- teams that that fans actually feel like they are down even though their team has and their team hasn't made it. And then there's the list of the 49ers, Cowboys, who haven't won in quite some time. Yeah. But their are fans. But they do, had so
3: much before, they ought to just they, be quiet. Right.
2: Not only that, their fans feel they think that they're, they're entitled every to win year. more. Exactly. So but but I a think you can. Be, I, different list there. Yeah.
3: I think you can make a case for Buffalo Bills fans. Oh, yeah. Just they've never won the Super Bowl. They haven't been now since 1993. So it's been 30 years since they've been to the Super Bowl. And they've been this close. For how
2: many times since then? You know who should be at the top of this list. The
4: who would you
3: put?
2: Browns, maybe. Browns. Browns are really, yeah. The Chargers should be at the top. You go of this Chargers. List. You but think Chargers because, because they had they, their team taken away? But well, San Diego fans because because they had their team ripped from them. Right. You lose that base that is like kind of feeling sad about it. Yeah. Now they're just angry. And then you got the the fan base that follows the smaller fan base that follows the team that's in LA now. Those
3: 7 people. And
2: I don't know that that's it, been long enough for them over there. Yeah. I mean, I know as a
3: Miami fan, I feel like nothing's been more painful to not win a playoff game since 2000 to collapse in December every year. But I but I think,
2: you know, I think Buffalo after Buffalo, I saw last night, I felt for them quite a bit. Buffalo and Cleveland definitely come to mind quickly. Yeah cuz they never have won. Commanders are getting up there too.
3: Commanders haven't been to the championship for a long time. Anyway, it was just something I thought about when I watched the poor the poor guy looking into the camera just bawling his eyes out trying to cover it with his knit cap.
2: His eyes are, his tears are probably frozen was, by the time he, he came off the He was flooding tears <laughs> at, at the end was, of that game. He was crying hard. Yeah. Uh baseball, as we mentioned, not a lot going on. Dallas Chapman, uh signs with the Pirates, was it? Yes, Pirates. The Bucks.
3: this
2: What did I say? Adolis. Oh yeah. Sorry, rolled this Chapman.
3: Chapman. You're like, why are you even still pitching? And
2: he still throws like 100 miles per hour.
3: But yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you're gonna go for the Pirates, where they, you know, they're not gonna win the World Series. You just, you know, got. But I was just thinking, the Pirates' money still just as good right. as the other guys. They still, right. still cashes. That money still <laughs> cashes. Yeah. I mean, somebody calls and says, "Hey, we got $11 million. If you'll
2: just. He's got your name all over if it. If you just come to spring training, I mean, God, where's the plane? Yeah. So Rawls Chapman signs with the Pirates. Really, the only thing going on, um, a lot of the Boris clients still, we talked about this, still out there. That's what Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman all have in common. They are all Scott Boris guys. And so uh, as. You know, free agency continues to go on. it's it's typical typical that the top guys usually clear the way for everybody else, and those guys haven't signed, and I think that's part of the reason why it's been so slow. Now, in the past couple off season, Scott Boris hasn't had all of the top guys like he seems to have this year. Um, that team that's seemingly kind of holding up uh, free agency a little bit.
5: Do you think, guys, at all that maybe Scott Boris is playing the hand too 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 heavy? There's because always
2: a chance that there's, there's the always case, a chance, but it never turns
5: it, out that way it, for Scott Boris. It really it Seems it like his doesn't. clients are not getting the sniffs the, that the they want. The last wanted.
2: guy I can remember that it backfired on it hasn't happened in a long time. Do you remember the Phillies set up guy? Uh, was it Matson? Ryan Matson, yeah, I think that's maybe it. so. He, I think, initially had a big deal out there, and somebody ended up signing over top. He ended up having to take far less. Yeah, and I think he ended up firing Scott Boris. Fired after. Scott on that one. Yeah, huh? well, but I can't think of it backfiring at all, other than that one time.
3: Yeah, Scott Boris usually wins. He's got a. I mean, he. You know, he knows the team. He's got the. He's got Ultimately, the, uh,
2: covet the player.
3: The reputation for being, you know, hardline, but he's got the
2: also the reputation. I mean, guys hire him because he gets the money for them. As as the CBS article points out, uh, it's not a coincidence that all the unsigned in mid-January are Boris clients. Boris is more than willing to wait out the market with top clients, and it's, it's by design. With Yamamoto off the market, Montgomery and Snell are the best available starters, and who do you have and who do you have to call to get them? Exactly. You got got
5: Bores. That's who you got to call. I have more information on the Ryan Madsen thing. So he, it was believed that the Phillies had offered him a four-year, $44 million deal made yep. early in the offseason in like 2012. And then the Phillies went out and signed Jonathan Papelbon for $50 million, And then Madsen had to settle with a one-year, Reds, eight and a right? half
3: million million deal
2: with, with the, the Reds. Reds yeah. yeah, and he never got that back. And so that's the only time I can think of it ever backfired. It's a risk,
3: but somebody's going to still pay a couple of million. But You may not get you, $9 million,
4: Mind you,
2: in that case, and why it didn't work, is that Scott Boris didn't have the top client in that particular pitcher uh, spot. That was Bond that year. In this case, he's got all four of the top remaining. All. He had Yamamoto. He signed. Now he's got the other two remaining top pitchers. So you got to come to him. I know,
3: I know that I saw this the other day uh, over the weekend, but the trade that A.J. Preller made for Joe Musgrove a few years ago, that happened on January 19th. Three days ago. It's so only three days ago from where we are now in this off season, I bring it up. To try and allay the fears of people who think the Padres are going to... Running out of time. Running out of time. They're going to go into the season without a full roster. (laughs) They're going to play a Zokar in right center and Fernando in left center. I mean, you know, it's not going to be the case. But it is... We would like some Padre news, sure. We'd love to know. But, I, you know, all in good time. I think you have to wait for some of these bigger names to come off the board in the free agent area so that some of the smaller names will... You know, be willing to sign.
2: I no, no. I, I think I, I just think that when you have the top guys, teams are gonna they're gonna come to you at some point. They're gonna they're gonna get anxious just like the players do. Um, and so we'll see how it ends up shaking out. But Scott Boras usually usually wins these ones. Usually, yeah. Is there? I feel like maybe. And the, you know, the other thing that could be holding up free agency is that. There are a lot of good trade uh, Mm. options out there as well, and those take a little bit longer to come together. Go ahead, Scraby.
5: Well, I was just thinking, like, maybe the owners are sick of Scott Boris, and so they're, like, telling their guys not to overspend because of what's been happening so far this offseason. That would be
3: collusion. There goes the, uh, well, stay tuned for that, the Scraby Chronicles, and the uh, (laughs) the collusion and the conspiracy theory angles will come up after 6 o'clock. The reason that I asked the question
2: is because I didn't know the answer, so. (laughs) i asked it to you guys no i mean they teams want good players and if they can afford to go get them they find a way to go get them boom boom (laughs) Boom. what you got all right uh that's pretty much all the baseball i could drub up today you guys got any other baseball you want to go
5: through no i don't have any baseball i got some more baseball nfl hired a coach tennessee titans did
2: from the Bengals, yeah, head coach, head
5: offensive coach. coordinator. Yeah, no, that happened. That when just did came it? across oh, twenty six minutes ago. Adam Schefter,
2: Brian Callahan, yeah, as the next offensive head coach. coordinator. of The
3: Bengals now to the Titans. Yes. All right. So, how many openings are left? Maybe five. Charges. Charges. Who apparently uh, met with the Harbaugh again. Second Time.
5: A second time. Boy, he's going to become the coach there.
3: Harbaugh. Bill Belichick don't do
5: become it. the coach Falcons,
2: Chargers. Who else are we missing? I, I, my yeah. brain is not working. Yeah, Panthers have a coach?
5: No, they don't.
2: Panthers don't have a coach.
5: Maybe know. we only have three.
2: Titans do. Commanders? Yeah. Commanders no, don't, don't have, have, a have a coach. Speaking Four.
3: of Ron Rivera, he interviewed... Eagles. Eagles defensive coordinator, if you're wondering on the latest with Ron Rivera. Yeah, Raiders got theirs. Uh, Seahawks? I don't think oh, they got theirs maybe, yet. Oh, they a coach, too. Five? I think there's five left. There you, right you go. Yeah. Well, I I just hope for Harbaugh. I, I don't know. Part of me wants to see Harbaugh go there because I just want to see if he can do it. Like, to me, this is his greatest challenge ever. And I also want to give a thumbs up, speaking of Harbaugh, to Troy Aikman, who on the broadcast the other day, Saturday, was he doing the game, uh, the ESPN yes. game, whatever game it was? Saturday, I think, with Joe Buck. Oh, yeah, the Ravens game. And he was talking about Jim Harbaugh. And Troy Aikman said, Jim Harbaugh has been a winner everywhere he's ever gone, oh, yeah, beginning with yep, yep. the University of San Diego. He did say that. I was like, wow, that's oh, pretty good. Troy, that's why because one most of the people would not come up with that. Nah. They would think, yeah, he started at Stanford. He went here and there. So good on Troy Aikman for being able to come up remember with that. that little moment. I do. And I, it stood I, to I remember me as made well. a note of it. That yeah. I mean, a guy like Troy Aikman, how would he even like? How would he know that? But he was on it. Good Can job, I ask you? Troy know,
2: you know, you know just, just as a guest idea for tomorrow. You know, what we haven't had on a little bit is Matt Snyder. Uh yeah, All right, he'll he catch us. Well, there
3: hasn't been much to catch us up on. Yeah, I have yeah. a question. But, Speaking <laughs> of announcers, I thought of this over the weekend. Thought it'd be a fun. Question of the eight guys. Play by play in color. Who did football this weekend? Who's the worst announcer? Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. I don't want to the I worst? Yeah, easy. Participate. I do. I do. Do the worst. I, don't I care. do. Yes, you do. Scrappy, you no, love. Said, you live I for care. this stuff. I know. Wait, this guy is a baseball football. No, guy? No, it was just of the of eight, the eight guys, guys who broadcast the NFL playoffs this weekend. You had Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Oh, okay. You had uh, Kevin Bark
5: Bernhardt or whatever Bark. Uh, uh, I don't Kevin Burkhardt, Kevin Burkhardt, and, Burkhart? and He's with Greg Olson. Olson. Greg yeah.
3: Olson. You had uh, Collinsworth and and Tariqo. Tariqo, and then you finished, You know where I'm going. <laughs> yes, and then you had uh, Jim Nance and and Romo. No, you're going Torrico. Oh, easy. Collinsworth or Torrico. You're going. No, with. I'm not going Collinsworth.
2: I like uh, him. Oh, oh I oh, actually of don't of mind all him. All of them, who was the worst? Yeah, who's the so, worst? Yeah, it's, def- not, it's never been on your list. Not your good list. Yeah, you, I'll,
3: I'll give you guys time if you want to. But I
2: can't say that Torrico is the worst. But I well, who's can't that, who's say who's worse. What I guess I would. You have... said Troy, Joe, Nance, Romo, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. Yeah, it might have to be Tarico. The, yeah. the only reason I say the only reason I'm
3: happy, Kevin. the only reason I'm happy to say Tarico is because the way he announces he it comes through that he thinks he's the best. <laughs> and <laughs> I that's what drives me nuts personally, about Personally,
5: I don't hear that, We're, but you don't? What, is it, what is it about his cadence? I, it's his cadence that or something. You
3: think that he thinks he's the best. I don't get it. I don't know. But it's like, hi, I'm great, welcome to the game. <laughs> That's
2: what you hear. That's what Shut I God. hear.
3: No, not him. Not him. That's what you hear. That's I, what I hear from Tariqo. Yes. Welcome in. Chris, I the, the Better than you. Yeah. Well, you. They're all better than me. I, that wasn't the question. That's, That's funny, funny, funny you bring
5: that up because I also thought about this over the weekend too. Because Burkhart- I tell
3: you
2: what. I like Romo. I, I, I,
3: I still like him. I, I wish they would
2: let him guess the play, though. He did, he, I was telling. They don't screen, let he, him do that. He seems like he's going out of his way not to get. He's having. He's having Jim do the guessing on the. He on the guessed
3: play. a kneel down yesterday at the end of the half, <laughs> and I thought, okay, that was his way of at least getting to guess something, <laughs> and he was right. But yeah, I miss that. But I still, feel I love, I still love Troy. and yeah, are pretty good. I do. You see, here's the thing. Maybe I a would, better question would be, who's your favorite? Because yeah. there's a, they're really all very good. Because um, they're all very good. I was crushing
5: Greg Olson for a little bit, but I've yes, turned the were. corner yeah, on Greg Olson. I like Olson. him. I like him. Uh, he, he made a, a, a said, lot of he like, made a lot of Tony Romo noises on the broadcast on Saturday night. But here's the thing. Next year, Tom Brady is slated to be the number one analyst, and Greg Olson is now the number one analyst. Do you, if you're Fox, do you break them up because they're pretty good together? Do you, to Tom start, Brady, do you do Tom you hire Brady someone else and Brady. put Tom the Brady with them? I hate to say Brady's
3: going to be good. I have a feeling. I don't. Know. He knows the. I game. think he's going to start off slow and to sure. figure It'll it take out him a pretty minute. quick. It'll take him a
5: minute. He's good. Uh, we have a Collins Worst on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you got to vote.
3: You know, I know a lot of people think he talks too much. He, but... No,
5: I don't think that at all. I, what I think he does, though, is he he's too positive about things. Like, everything has to be about how great this person is. It's like you can criticize people every once in a while.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, that's odd. You want, you want the critical Collins. Yeah, tell out me there, he's huh? terrible. Let's get to break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to break. <laughs> Hall of Fame going up next tomorrow, actually. The, yeah, it's the, the, time to vote. Time to vote tomorrow. You'll get Chris and I's picks on the other side. More going to Chris. Here's some traffic.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: wet, it's dark, it's raining. Take your time on the way home. We'll get you there. And if you don't make it home by 6 o'clock, stay on the, uh, stay on the line. Scraby Chronicles from 6 to 7 tonight. Scraby will have all kinds of crazy theories for you, conspiracies and otherwise. You were you well, the long, one who got, What was your bone to pick on Friday? Uh, what your mom, you gripe daily, of the day. Gripe, gripe of the um, day. <laughs> the daily gripe. What was my daily gripe. <laughs> It's not easy for him to remember such things. He's got so he has, many of these yes. bad boys. Hey.
5: Uh, let me look real quick because he
3: daily gripes, even if he's not doing the <laughs> <a> show. <laughs> show. He just gripes. He has a
2: bunch of daily
3: gripes. He's a gripe Oh,
5: oh, the daily gripe was uh, our current Odyssey vending machine situation. Because I was oh, like, how sad it is. I was like starving. I was going to go get that see, that popcorn that's like a hundred calories for the bag. So I was skinny pop, s- skinny, skinny pop. pop. Yes. So I ran over there to get it. Before the Scrappy show started, chronicles, and, and mm-hmm. I was like, "It's not here, and there's nothing in this thing." Yeah,
2: you know, and some of it seems like it's been in there for quite some time. It has. Right? So, uh,
5: we had a situation where, when I first started working here, we had fresh sandwiches. It, we they had, had it, hey, that thing boards. was lit.
2: It had it had everything: energy in there.
5: drinks, not burritos, anymore.
2: whatever you want. COVID came and just it has not been the same since. Now we have a vending machine that. Number 1, never get stocked.
5: <laughs> Number 2, it eats your money every time. <laughs> that part.
3: Well, what are you putting
5: money in there for if there's nothing mm-hmm. I, to be had? Because you, a few months ago there were still a couple things left in there that you could grab. Yeah. yeah. No yeah, longer yeah, that Not, was my grave. Uh,
3: yeah, we used to have a nice sandwich uh, shop in the uh on the premises as well.
2: Did that shut down too? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: during I mean COVID just uh, you know took care. of It was it was sad. It was a nice little family-owned sandwich shop there.
2: Yeah, it was. I, I know you used, was straight, awesome. you used to go, wow, there. used to go there. uh smoothies down there. That's
5: what Tony used to get all the time. Yeah, man. they
3: had a nice nice little place
2: here in our uh,
3: in our It was Paul, little...
5: Cafe Palmier. Palmier uh, Cafe? Yeah, Believe so. I think you're right.
3: Believe so. But they lost out to COVID. That was yeah, a shame. That is a Too bad. All right. Tomorrow, uh, they will announce the new Hall of Fame inductees in Major League Baseball. We know that Jim Leland is in. He's in. But. Uh, chain smoking and all. The rest, of, yeah. He and his pack of Marlboros are in. <laughs>
2: but, Marlboros. Or camels or whatever. Whatever can't his see, choice is, right?
3: Can't see Jim Leland going for a diet cigarette. You think you can't see
2: it the... with some Newports? Newports. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a menthol guy?
3: Virginia Slim's menthol? No, I
5: don't think I, so. I, when I was in college, I smoked menthols. So really? pretty dumb thing of me yeah. to do. What, were you trying to keep your breath fresh? Yeah. yeah it's the great. No, they have these things called um, the Camel Crush, and that was all the rage at the bars. Because, you want a kiss? No, because you can crush the a, filter. Let me get another
2: this menthol. I'll be right with you. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get some menthol.
5: It's like a mint. <laughs> my breath better. With fiberglass and going into your lungs.
3: Here is the Hall of Fame ballot. Got some first-timers this year. Quite a few. Bobby Abreu. Jose Bautista on his first year Carlos Beltran Adrian Beltre First year Mark Burley Bartolo Colon First year, first year. Adrian Gonzalez First year Good for him Todd Helton Matt Holliday First year Still hasn't touched home plate We know <laughs> Tory Hunter Andrew Jones Victor Martinez First year Joe Maurer First year Andy Pettit Brandon Phillips P-Flip uh, First year Manny Ramirez Cheater Unfortunately because he was a great hitter either way. Jose Reyes, Jose Reyes sorry, first year. A-Rod, a- also not probably eligible to a lot of people. Jose Reyes? Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod. K-Rod. Yeah. Man, Jimmy I'm Rollins. I'm gonna get Jimmy Rollins just for his appearances on this show. Yeah. He's been so good. Gary Sheffield, James Shields, first year. Chase Utley, first year. Yeah. Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, and David Wright, first year. So out of those, you can choose up to ten. I don't know how many you'd pick, Tony. I came up with five. I think I got for my Hall I of Fame have, list. We'll see I what ends up happening tomorrow. Who you got?
2: I got Beltray.
3: Beltray, I agree with that. I think he's a kind of a gimme. He's, right? a, he's the
2: he's the gimme. Of he's the, the one
3: gimme. He's in his first year of eligibility, but almost assuredly will get in.
2: Um, who else you got? Anybody?
3: Maybe that's I all I got you Joe. Have. Joe Mauer Joe Mauer catching just, position. Just for his Yeah. yeah he, not he wins batting as titles it. as a catcher? Yeah. That was Hall of Fame like. I got uh, Todd. I got Todd Helton, Joe Mauer as well. So th- 3 for 3 on you and I agreeing. I got Chef. Sheffield, Gary Sheffield. Just fearsome. Yeah. Plus he's got he's got all of the numbers too. Right. 500 homers, all the hits, batting titles. Plus remember he used to somehow point the head of the bat at the pitcher it, did, that, that he, would break it's breaking my wrist just to do it without a bat in my hand. It, it'd
2: be one thing if he was pointing How he it. How do that? It'd be one thing if he was pointing the, the head of the bat at the pitcher and keeping it there. Like Ruben Sierra maybe. But he didn't do that. It was like a consistent waggle with his, that bat. His
3: wrist must have been he had the, my beyond dad, strong. My
2: dad used to say always that he has the quickest bat hands that he had ever seen wow that's quite the uh
3: compliment right there
2: so coming from your dad i said chef okay i'm four for four i got one more i got wagner on there Billy i got wagner i got another and it's, it's, it's andrew jones
3: andrew jones all right you and i went five for
2: six because i got
3: andrew jones also you didn't but have I, wagner i did not put wagner he's in his ninth year i think he gets it maybe last next year i just never i always thought he was the hall of very good or Hall of really really good. I didn't think of him as Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones, I do think of as Hall of Fame. He's got if if he you, was amazing. If you out fell there. out of
2: love with his offense towards the end, he was still he won like twelve Gold Gloves. Yeah. I mean, he was and he
3: started hitting when he was twelve years old. <laughs> right. He had two home runs in his first World Series game at Yankee Stadium in his first
2: two at bats. Yeah, and are, he was like honestly, it was barely a teenager. He, to me, I mean. There was Ken Griffey Jr. for center fielders that you watch, and then it was Andrew Jones. I don't know that there was a better defender in the span that he played um, at that time. Andrew Jones. He was Jones. the
3: best. He was good. Yeah, really good. So those are my five. You got one extra six. We'll see if for any of those get chosen or how many get chosen. They'll announce it tomorrow about 1 o'clock. So.
2: This is uh, this is chef's last year on the ballot. Yeah, they he's the put only him in he's there. the only one in his last year, right? Uh,
3: he ever builds a, a resume. I mean, this is his first year, but I mean, he's in the hall of really, really good. Yeah, he was, but
2: Hall of Fame
3: is way up there.
2: He was awesome for sure, but I don't know that he's gonna. He's starting. It looks like it's gonna, he's going to be starting from ground zero in order to build it. Yeah. You have to get
3: a certain amount of votes to stay Stay on the ballot, ballot too. So that might be one reason where if I was a local guy and I was really thinking it over, I might put him on my ballot just to give him a chance to stay there for a
2: couple more years. But I don't know that I could quite vote him yet. All the guys... That I picked, with the exception of Jones, and all all of your picks, mm-hmm. with the exception of Jones, right. are all, at least through the public ballots that have been counted, are on pace to to get in. Oh, really? Yeah. So we might end up so, being right. Right. It, uh, okay. Adrian Beltre needs his remaining votes um, at about 48.9%. He needs to be voted on that much. So okay. he's he's got a leg up. Todd Hilton, he's at 82% right now. Um, he'll need a 67% vote f- moving forward. Joe Maurer's at 83%. He'll need a 65%. These are on uh,
3: ballots that they've
2: done that they, research as to who voted. That have already voted and okay. they've tallied. Told who they voted uh, for. Uh, Sheffield's right at the 75% marker. Okay. Billy Wagner's at 78. Mm. Andrew Jones is at 70.5, so he's a little bit shallow. close. Yeah.
3: Well, they're all great, so you're not going to make any major mistakes unless. Somebody goes gets a wild hair and puts James Shields in the Hall of Fame.
2: That's 188 ballots that have been counted, plus another 12 anonymous. So okay, there you go. Thank you. We'll have the, uh, not only that
3: tomorrow, but at 5 a.m., Scraby, get up, set your alarm. Academy Award nominations are coming out tomorrow morning.
2: Chris can't wait.
3: I can't wait. I'll get up at 5 o'clock and watch them. The
5: only person I know that cares. Yeah, I'm not the only person who cares. <laughs> I
3: said that I know. Oh. <laughs> Gwen and Chris wrapping up a final segment Next, find out about the best story in sports When we return
2: 5.38 on the clock Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris L.O., Matt Scravey. Uh, What are we doing again? I've heard of all three guys <laughs> By
5: the way We're going to be hearing from our Detroit interview Red. of the day. Oh, that's on right. the Lions.
2: That's yes, right, yes. Mister Justin Rogers, Detroit News. Actually, was was really excellent. Loving the Lions yes, this week. We are. They are the uh, Cinderella story. Kneecap this week. Cannibal. Kneecap Cap Cannibal. Dan Campbell, man. Dan Campbell.
3: He's, 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 he's coming a, for you, Scrape. Coming, for, coming you. for you. You know, Niners, he, baby. I believe he started
5: his head coaching career with a team called the Miami Dolphins when he was an interim coach was I think I did Tony see some Spirano? pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A lot of good he did us.
5: Well, I mean, all I'm bringing this up for is that the Dolphins could have had him as a head coach, but they decided they were going to go in different We directions. went the wrong way,
3: you think? Yeah, I guess you so. You giving up on Mike McDaniel after his uh, screen pass filled <laughs> divisional title, lots of screen passes. No, I'm
5: not giving up on Mike McDaniel because more, I feel like he's More
3: Are
2: you giving up
3: yeah. on Mike McDaniel? Yeah. Yeah. I just think he, he needs to learn from that experience. What would you no. like to see him learn? That you got, when you get to the uh, playoffs, you got to go for it. And if you lose, so be it. But you got an offense. It's explosive. I read somebody say that he thought he was almost protecting Tua, like trying to keep him from throwing a bunch of picks. I don't get that kind of thinking. Yeah. I mean, if you throw if four you get picks. There, go. Yeah. You get, if you throw four picks, guess what? You lost. A. So you would have lost both ways. But you've got these players that are, you know, explosive playmakers. I think you've got to try it, and that that I hope he learns from that. And, you know, they played in Buffalo the year before, freezing cold, and they did go for it, and Skylar Thompson almost led them to a victory over Buffalo the year before. I remember that.
5: But oh, Tua, that's right, right, they totally <laughs> totally lost like thirty-four yeah. to
3: thirty-one. Skylar Thompson had a pretty nice game. And I that was did they have Tyreek last two years? Yes. Okay. But I'm just saying he had the right game plan last time. He
2: didn't have it this time. So I was a, just disappointed. But and no, I'm not giving up on him. I think they not got yet. It. I I think the so next year coming into next year there'll be a ton of questions really for Tua. There should can, be. Can yeah. you it won't matter what he does during the regular season. No, it
3: won't. September and
2: October, we know they're going to be 8-1. Right. and one, they, And they're they, going to be crushing everybody in the warm weather. Right. The objective needs to be for for that, what are you going to do come postseason? Right. And that's and what when everybody to be watching. So he's got to stay healthy. Again. And that's why when they scored
3: 70 points in week three this year, and you said, oh, Chris, they're Dolphins. And I said, eh, let's
2: wait. <laughs> so. There was something that you knew.
3: I you did. just knew deep down, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, too many Decembers, man. They have failed. All right. Uh, Justin Rogers. This is the second time that we've brought up Chris's disdain for December failure. Yeah. In the he last brought it hour. up on his own. Yeah. In the last hour. I haven't had a Merry Christmas since
6: 1973.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Earlier today, Justin Rogers, Detroit News, discussed or joined our show to discuss this Cinderella Detroit Lions team. We'll get you to that interview after some traffic. Justin
3: Rogers of the Detroit News, we appreciate you joining our program. Chrisello, Tony Gwynn here. And Justin, thanks for joining us out in San Diego. How I mean, I don't even know how to ask our things in Detroit. How do you how do you kind of couch everything that's gone on? I mean, uh, the Wolverines win the national championship. Now the Lions are doing things that haven't happened in many people's lifetimes.
6: Hey, look, this is a great sports town. It has had a lot of down years with all four pro sports teams being uh, in, in the dumps for quite a while. Uh, so they are they are reveling in the moment, if you will.
2: Justin, I, I, I couldn't help but notice after Detroit wins that game, they're panning through the stands. And, I mean, you see tears coming down people's face just – Explain to the folks out here who may not be familiar with how deep the Detroit lion fan goes in terms of not seeing something that they saw this weekend.
6: Yeah, look sports in the Midwest is it's the fandom is on a different level. It just is out here and it's not just a Detroit thing, but Detroit certainly falls into that picture. The people uh, are are head over heels with their, their sports teams. There's a reason we are able to support, four professional teams and two major universities and support them at a high degree, a high level. And the Lions have been awful for a long time. We know the NFL's game, know that, uh, you know, people can get over uh, struggles because it's easy to kind of reset each off season. You only have to commit to 16 or now 17 games during uh, the course of the year. But um, for as, as bad as the Lions have been, that those stands have always been filled, even, during the majority of that 0-16 season, now, what, uh, 16, 17 years ago. And so all that patience, all that waiting, I I compared a lot to the Chicago Cubs, you know, Mm -hmm. just it's finally their turn, Um, you know, and maybe it doesn't, maybe this is the end of the line, maybe it doesn't amount to the Super Bowl appearance, the first in the franchise history, but um, they had to wait. 30 plus years for a division title. They had to wait a little bit longer than that for their last playoff. When they've won one playoff game since their last championship in 1957 before this year. So there's just so much pent up, uh, I mean, a a mix of rage and frustration (laughs) and excitement that's all just kind of coming out in in one uh, bowl of tears, apparently.
3: Well, I, I'd be honest. Say, you know, without a without a horse in the race, it's really exciting to see it. I, I think a lot of people love this story, and I, and I think, you know, sorry, our our resident producer who is from San Francisco, he's you're going to be on the other side of the, this weekend. A lot of people are going to root for the Lions. They're going to root for the underdog story, the Cinderella. They love this story. Uh,
6: Justin, why was
3: Dan Campbell able to do what no one before him could do?
6: Yeah, it's a great question, and I I think it really starts with ownership you know and, and everybody kind of at least in this area knows the the ownership story here with the ford family uh purchasing the team in 63 and it started with the father went to the mother when the father passed and the mother um you know handed the reins to the daughter during during the covid era and um you know she's kind of reimagined how the organization should run and and really kind of brought all the departments both football and non-football together with one vision. And then that led to the hiring of, of two people. One, Brad Holmes, who they poached from, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, their college scouting director to serve as GM and and Campbell as, as coach. And those two made independently, they didn't uh, hire one before the other and let them have a say, they were decided by OIP and a small council they had. And both of them have played a, a really key role in, in the, the formation of success with Holmes, you know, again, college scouting director, that's his expertise. That's where you win in the NFL long-term is if you can draft successfully year after year after year. And they've built this great foundation through the draft with, you know, guys that are now appearing on all pro teams and Amon Ross St. Brown and Panay Sewell, and then contributors top to bottom. The depth of this roster is as good as it's ever been. And then Campbell is the the motivator, right? I know he gets a lot of um, like play for his sound bites and some of them could be Uh, corny and you know but I think Hard Knocks really gave people this um, view into the window of how consistently he can tap into the emotion of the guys and look he's he's savvy too he knows his football he knows his X's and O's he's put good people around him they built a staff full of former players that um, you know connect with a different level with the roster as it currently is because they've been there and they speak from a point of experience and so the whole thing is just kind of Come together with with talent, with motivation, with character, um, and it it really has been you know something kind of storybook and, and magical to it.
2: Justin Rogers joins us here, Detroit News, and Justin, all that's tied up in a in a nice bow with with golf, and, and he comes from a, a Rams or a situation that got, he once got to a Super Bowl, and didn't seem like his confidence got shattered. And then you mentioned you know a hard knocks kind of giving you a peek inside the window. You could see Dan Campbell kind of building his confidence confidence back up and he's rewarded him by by playing well enough to get this team to a an an NFC championship. Just talk about his growth even in a an Alliance uniform since he's been there.
6: Yeah, imagine just just try putting yourself in golf shoes, right? Number one pick, yeah get two Pro Bowls, you lead your team to the bowl and um, you play through an injury in the playoffs and they unceremoniously dump you for a a much older quarterback, maybe a, a quarterback with better arm talent, but, um, you know, a guy that hasn't accomplished that kind of team success and it's got back injuries. And it's just, it, to me, it's the equivalent of, of being dumped by a long-term girlfriend. Mm. I mean, just absolute gut punch. And he gets shipped to Detroit and, and like nothing against the city, but the team. At that time, right, like they're they're going through their own transition, they're uh starting with over with a new head coach a new jersey and you know it's gonna be a rebuild, and it's gonna go all the way down to the the, the depths and so you're already dealing with some of professional and personal depression because yeah. you're you got dumped as I said, and now you're coming to a situation it's gonna be ugly. I mean, I remember watching training camp that that first year, and the offensive pieces were just bad. And they couldn't execute it all in training camp. And I remember turning turned to a colleague and I said, look, this, this might be the worst offense in the NFL. Like, it, it's going to be bad. Um, you know, they started to find a little bit of a groove at the, the second half of that season. Amon Ross St. Brown's emergence really helped, claiming Josh Reynolds, his former wide receiver from L.A., certainly built some confidence. But the big turning point for Jared Goff, I think, uh, on top of, you know, getting him some more weapons that second season was the promotion of Ben Johnson as – offensive coordinator. And look, at that guy was unproven. He was a position coach. A lot of people had a lot of great things about his mind, but um, I don't know if anybody could have really predicted that the offense would go from that one of the worst in the NFL to suddenly a top five producing offense. And not only that, they've done it now two seasons in a row. He's got a great offensive line. Goff is executing really, really well in the system. And you know, really starting that second year, you could tell, you could feel his embrace of the city, his embrace of the team. The team did everything to make him feel like he had ownership of the offense. He was the face of the franchise and it, it's all coming to fruition. And in a way that the level he played yeah. the last two seasons is equal to or better than the two Pro Bowl seasons he had in Los Angeles.
3: Justin Rogers from the Detroit News uh, talking about the great uh, NFL story that is the Detroit Lions in their first NFC Championship game since 1991. uh, you got to go back to 1957. My goodness, the last time Detroit won an NFL title. That's before all of our time. Uh, But... There was a couple of old-timers like in the stands yesterday. They showed them guys who had season tickets from that team. I mean, it really is exciting. If they go to the Super Bowl, what level is that city going to be able to get to? I I, I recall as a Padre fan how crazy it got in 1984 when the Tigers beat the Padres to win a World Series. Lions going to a Super Bowl, they might they might turn that whole city upside down.
6: Well, they spent all that time building it up. It's actually quite nice now. So oh, hopefully they don't uh, tear down the, the the rebuild that this uh, this city's experienced in the last two two decades. But I, it's really difficult to imagine where the frenzy goes from here. Um, you know, you start thinking about you know I have covered a few Super Bowls, and you you start thinking about just covering the 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 Super Bowl frenzy that that goes on. And then uh, you know if if for whatever reason they can you know pull off two upsets here and and knock off san francisco and then you know whether it's the the chiefs or the ravens you know knock them off like you start thinking about what a parade looks like and it's it's just (laughs) it it seems you know it's gone from the impossible to the improbable to the uh maybe (laughs) (laughs) like so um it's 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 been fun to cover i mean from somebody that's been around this team and in some ways my entire life living in michigan but uh, you know, on the professional side of it for more than a decade here. It's it's just been uh, a remarkable turn three years under Campbell and Holmes.
3: Well, congrats, congratulations to all the fans in Detroit. I mean, this is something. I mean, we never had our parade in San Diego. We're still looking for one, and we're down to the Padres, you know, hopefully to get us one, but – it would really be something, I mean, because this has really been one of the yeah. the real bottom-of-the-barrel franchises in all of sports. And to see them having this kind of fun, it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, enjoyed uh, the input, Justin. Thanks for the stories, and uh, have a nice trip this weekend to San Francisco. Appreciate the
6: time. No problem. Thanks for having me.
2: Justin Rogers, Detroit News. Awesome guest today, talking about the Detroit Lions. Uh, update. Joel Embiid, how many points does he have, Chris? He's going wacko tonight
3: against the Spurs. Four minutes to go third quarter, Tony. He's got 52 already. And just for fun, 14 boards.
2: Jeez, Take that dude. for data. Dude's on mission so that'll make it. How, how many many's gonna st- is he going to finish? Is he going to get 70 tonight? How many straight games of 30 or more?
3: That's 20 games in a row with at least 30 oh, still, points. He
5: still has like. Twelve more to go before he ties James Harden or whatever. And he's got about sixty to 60 go to get to, 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 get to Wilt. Wilt. He's not getting there. <laughs> no. He
3: might get seventy points tonight though if he plays the fourth quarter. They're up by sixteen, so they kind of got to keep him in the game. What did Kobe? I know this is eighty-one. Okay. 81. and that's They're the still short, yeah. No, that's the second. No, second. That's a second. Wilt's Wilt got the record 100. with a hundred. Oh well, yeah. Didn't Wilt...
2: Devin Booker come close? Seventy. He had a 71. seventy piece.
3: There's That's only crazy. been about 10 guys who've done 70. So if Embiid makes that, that would be Kobe got that impressive. 81. I
2: would still think about he had 60 against Dallas. 62 at... Wasn't against, that his very last game? No, that, he finished. That was against the uh, Jazz. But oh, okay. in that same year, he had 81 a couple weeks before. He had 60 at third through three. Yeah. And he didn't play the whole fourth. They didn't put him in the fourth and quarter. And I think he said something along. As as, I'll get another shot I'll
3: it. tell you what's surprising about the high scoring. Michael Jordan, most ever... Sixty nine, yeah, not bad, but no. not as many as you would think. But he also consistently got
2: up around thirty. He did it all the time, all the time. Yeah, all do you right.
3: think he stopped on that number?
5: If we're being honest, where it's my yes. Majority. He did, <laughs> of course. He looked over at the scores table. Hey, come get me. Yeah, <laughs> no, didn't Gronk say he he like.
2: Gronk's a different bird. Yeah, Gronk is a different guy. He's a different bird. I mean, that guy.
5: You
3: really think Michael Jordan got to 69 points and because of the sexual reference (laughs) decided to stop there? It wouldn't surprise me. Yes, it would. That would surprise you. That would be like Tiger Woods trying to shoot a 69 (laughs) in golf. Okay, that's a good point. And you saying, well, it is Tiger Woods. That's a good
5: point.
6: That's a pretty good point. Hey, say. what do I
3: need for
2: a 69? you got to bogey this hole.
6: We'll be back at
2: it again tomorrow. Nice. AJ Cassaville, Marcus McNeil, and, of course, Scraby's favorite, a fantabulous game show. Still can't get out All tomorrow. Night. Have a good night. Be safe, please. Scraby Show up next.